Well, hopefully tonight you can say that you've submitted yourself to the will of the Lord and are willing to follow Him and His direction, His leading. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 19 tonight. Proverbs chapter 19, we're at least going to jump from there, and that's going to be our starting point. Thank you again for coming back. Appreciate you being here. be kind of weird if I came back to preach and there was no one to preach to, so it's always a blessing having some people here, and I do appreciate you being here. Oh boy, he, he came. Th- Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 19. And we're going to just read one verse of scripture to start off in verse number 21. Proverbs 19 and verse number 21. The Bible says this. It says, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Once again, there's many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to be back in church tonight. Thank you, Lord, for these folks gathered here, Lord, to, to hear from you and hear from your word. And God, I'm, I'm thankful that we can come before your throne. We can bow at your feet, Lord. And God, when we need help, when we need direction, when we just need encouragement, that Father, you're there for us. And God, you can give us what we need and the strength and all those types of things, Father. Thank you so much for that. And Lord, thank you for what you did this morning. I believe you met with us this morning. I believe you spoke to hearts. I'm very appreciative and thankful for that, God. And I pray you get the glory for that. But God, we need it again tonight. And Lord, we need some, some fresh oil, some fresh manna from heaven. Uh, and God, we want you to do it again. And Lord, I believe tonight you want to speak to hearts and speak to people just as much as you did this morning. Uh, but God, we need your power once again. And Father, I need your power once again. And Lord, especially for this message and the topic that I'm going to be discussing tonight, God, I, I don't want this to stand in man's wisdom or, Lord, in man's power, but I, I want you, Lord, uh, to show your word to these folks. God, I want you to make it clear to them. I want it to be in a way that's understandable and, Lord, easy to grasp and easy to apply. And, and God, I don't want to mess it up. This is a very serious thing, a very important thing in our lives. And so, God, I'm just praying you get me out of the way. That, Lord, these folks would not hear from Aaron Riddle, but that, Lord, they would hear from you. And so, God, if that's going to happen, you're going to have to be the one to do the work. And once again, Father, I've done my best to prepare and plan and study and pray and all those things. Uh, and so, God, now I need you to do the work that I can't and touch hearts and speak to lives. And, God, whether it's something that right now maybe someone's going through that they could get a blessing and help. Maybe it's something down the road. But, Lord, I pray you would put your word in our hearts that, God, you would, would would stamp it on our minds, and as I said, in our hearts, God, that would stick there, and, Father, that it be used to draw us closer to you and to be more like you. And so, Father, thank you for this night. Once again, I pray you'd empty me of myself and fill me with your power and spirit and love and wisdom and all those things I need to preach your word. And, God, I pray you'd get the increase for it. Father, help me to preach tonight as a dying man to dying men, and I'll sure be sure to give you the praise and glory and honor, because you're the one that deserves it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the topic I'd like to, to preach on tonight or teach on, however you'd want to say it, is I'd like to talk tonight about discerning the will of the Lord. Discerning the will of the Lord. Because I think we would all say tonight that the will of God is, is pretty important, right? Like it's, it's a good thing for us to know what God expects from us and God wants for us and what His plan is for our lives. And I want to be very clear before we get into this, I do not claim in any way, shape, or form to be an expert on the will of God. 
I don't claim to fully understand all the will of God. I do not claim to master the will of God or like I'm some guru that knows everything about the will of God. Um, but a, a couple of things with this, uh, I will say, first off, um, I know a little bit about making big decisions in life. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Uh, my dad is a pastor at a church there in, in southwestern Pennsylvania, and, and I served uh, at his church as his kind of associate pastor son, all the different types of things that go along with that. And a couple years ago, the Lord opened up the door and the opportunity for me to move out here to Washington and to Chehalis, Washington, to become the associate pastor of Faith Baptist Church. And that's, I mean, that's a pretty big change, right? I've done a decent amount of traveling and stuff, but I would have never in a million years thought that God was going to move me out to Washington State with all the liberals and weirdos and all the type of weird stuff that comes out out here, right? I mean, no, I've never been, I didn't know what to expect. And so, I mean, that was a big deal for me, right? Moving from pretty much almost everything that I knew, everything that I was accustomed to, everything that I was used to, and packing it all up, moving clear across the state to somewhere where, praise the Lord, I knew Pastor Sherry and his family, but it was all new to me. And not only that, but I mean, I, I was a big part of my dad's church. I led the music. I did the youth group. I drove the, 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 the church van around to pick up kids. I was involved in different ministries. And so it, it wasn't just like a light decision of, oh, hey, I feel like I maybe want to go this because this is something I maybe want to do. No, this was like, this is going to affect a lot of things, not just in my life, but man, in, in my, my father's church, right? That whole situation, the church I'm going to, right? It's going to affect if I'm going to be their associate pastor, it's, it's going to affect their church. And so it was a big deal for me to, to know what the will of God was because this is affecting a lot of people and I could screw up some things pretty badly if I do something God doesn't want me to do. And so the Lord used some of these things to help me with all of that. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord's will of, of what to do, he used these things. And another thing I want to clarify with this as well, uh, a good bit of this stuff is not original with me. As I was seeking counsel and, and trying to, to discern the will of the Lord in my life, I talked to an older man of God who was a pastor and a very wise man. And he gave me some of these things that I'm going to give you to say, hey, this is how you can know what the will of the Lord is. And so I think it's something that's important for us in our lives to, to know, to kind of be aware of as, as we face these things in our life. I, I was praying about, you know, Lord, what, what would he have me to preach today, you know, this past week and, and for Sunday school and Sunday morning and Sunday night. And I don't take it lightly, right? I don't just want to get up here and just have a cute little outline and a cute little thought and, and this is what. No, I, I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to give to the people of God's Word Baptist Church and what can be a help and a blessing to them? And this is what he laid on my heart to, to, to do. And so hopefully it can be a help. Hopefully it's something where maybe if you're going through something in your life or maybe you need some direction, it can be a help. Maybe it's something where down the road you can kind of just tuck away in your pocket and you can have there of when you face situations of, man, I need to know what the will of God is. He can show you and he can use these things to give you some guidance and direction in your life. And so, you know, I, I don't know if this as much is going to be, uh, I, I consider myself more of a preacher than a teacher. I think I do a little bit better job of preaching than teaching. Um, and I don't know if this is going to be as much of a preaching message than a teaching message, but once again, I, I'm not here to impress anyone tonight. I'm not here just to, like I said, have someone go away and be impressed with my preaching ability or man, that was exciting to listen to, or even that was enjoyable. I want you to go away with something from God that is going to help you in your life. Something that can actually apply. Like if we just go away and oh man, that was enjoyable. Well, praise the Lord, but then that's all it really is. But if the Lord could use me tonight to give you something that really can help you in your Christian life, then that's, that means something. That's good tonight. And so, when it comes to the will of God, 
and maybe it could be a big decision like I had to make. And I'll probably talk about some things tonight about that whole moving clear across the country to become an associate pastor of a church. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something along the lines of, of, of man, who should I marry? Maybe it should be along the lines of, man, what kind of job should I take? Or, 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 or some big thing maybe that we would think of that would really majorly affect our lives. Maybe it's not even something that big. Maybe it's something a little bit smaller of, well, man, should I be involved in this ministry? Or maybe should I take this promotion at my job? Or maybe should I move into this house? Or maybe, whatever it is, there's a million different ways that the will of God can apply to. And you know the situations in your life a whole lot better than I do of, of where you're trying to discern the will of God. But it is important, and as, as we think about the will of God and hopefully ways we can apply this, uh, going back to Proverbs 19 and verse number 21, the Bible says there's many devices in a man's heart. But the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And the reality is, is as we're trying to discern the will of God, there are many devices in our heart that can affect our thinking, right? There's, there's many things that can distract us or cause us to think something or cause us to go some way or, or just like I said, simply affect our thinking as we're trying to figure out what God wants us to do. Uh, you know, I think tonight about maybe it's our desires, right? And there's nothing wrong with desires, in fact, the Bible says in Psalms, I forget exactly the, the passage, I'm thinking maybe Psalm 37, it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so there's nothing wrong today with having desires of, of dreams that we have or something we want or something we strive for or we long for. And the reality is, is we all have those. And the reality that goes along with that is sometimes our desires can affect what we think the will of God is. And the Lord can sometimes use our desires and, and, and use that to push us towards his will. But sometimes that can mess with what we think God's will is because we want something. So maybe it's a, a desires that, that affect our thinking. That's a device in our heart. Sometimes maybe it, it's pride or selfishness or our flesh. Right? It's not just having a desire, but it's like, man, I want this. Like, man, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't know about any of you, but sometimes I can be kind of stuck on what I want. Like I get my mindset on something and I'm like, well, this is, this is what I want. This is how I want it to be. This is my goal. This is my plan. And if I'm honest, that can affect my thinking. That can affect the decisions I make because I'm stuck on this thing of I really want it. That can be a device in our heart. Sometimes it's counsel or advice, right? Because everybody has an opinion. We were talking, I was talking with Brother Nemeth today as we went out to eat about just different preachers. We were talking about preaching and different people that have different opinions and all that kind of stuff. And I, I heard it before said that opinions are like noses. Everybody has one and they all smell. And so, you know, everybody has a thought. Everyone has a mindset. And sometimes that can affect our thinking because one person's saying do this and one person's saying do that. And one person said, and at least for me, it, it affects them sometimes what I think maybe the will of God is or is I'm trying to figure out what to do. All these different influences. Maybe in... Probably everyone doesn't have this issue as much as me, but maybe it's overthinking things. And I'll tell you what, I can overthink with the best of them. You know, of, should I do this? And if I do this, what if this happens? And I feel like this is maybe what I should do, but what if that happens and this happens? And, this? and you're going through all these scenarios that aren't even close to actually happening, but in your mind you're like, but what if? And I struggle with that a lot. Right, as I'm trying to figure out the will of God. Man, as I was praying about moving out here, I can guarantee you I overthunk it to the high heavens. But it, it's a device, right? It messes with us trying to figure out what really God wants. Once again, maybe it's something like influences. Like I said, maybe the advice of others. Maybe it's our family influence. Maybe what our kids want. Maybe what our spouse want. Maybe what our parents want. Maybe it's the influence of just fellow brethren and sisters in Christ of what they feel like we should do. Maybe it's just the world's influence or the devil's influence or our flesh's influence. 
whatever it is, there are influences that can affect our thinking and what we think that we should do. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to say here that it, there are many devices in a man's heart. That's what the Bible says. There are many things that vie for our attention and our thinking. And sometimes it's hard to discern God's will with all that going on. Right? As we're trying to sift through that and trying to sift through all the, what's God and what's the world and what's me, it can be difficult sometimes. And can I say, Christian, that you know what? We need to be careful that we don't deceive ourselves into getting what we want. That as we're trying to find out the will of God, that our heart doesn't trick us or lead us in a direction where maybe we feel like it's the will of God, but in all reality, it's really just what we want. Go to Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. I really don't like this verse, but it's in the Bible. So, you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, Jeremiah, it's in the Old Testament, not the New Testament. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17 and verse number 9. Maybe a familiar verse to some people. Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know what the Bible says is the most deceitful thing in the world? Not the devil. I mean, that's normally what we think. Like, you know, the father of lies, he's the one that's most deceitful. Or maybe this person, that's what... No, the Bible says the most deceitful thing above all is your heart and it's my heart. Because it does a very good job of trying to get what it wants. And I, just in all honesty, I've been in spots where I've thought that I'm going after the will of God or this is the will of God for my life. And really all it's been is my heart getting me to go after what I want. And it can work a lot of different ways of twisting circumstances, of twisting scriptures, of twisting what people say, of twisting all these types of things. To what? To get what it once. And I've seen that happen in my life and, and other Christians. And it's easier to see it in other people's lives than our lives, right? Because well, our, our hearts, you know, I've got it under control and I know what I'm doing, all that kind of stuff. But then you see someone else and you're like, they're saying all that stuff and you're really like, I don't really know if that's God as much as it is you. I mean, and some of you could probably say amen to that. You know, you've been there and seen that, all that kind of stuff. But it happens and we need to be on guard against that. That we don't get so set on our ways and so set on what we want that we just kind of trick ourselves into thinking, well, this must be God's will when really God hasn't done a whole lot to show us that it is his will. And in Jeremiah 17, verse number 10, the Bible says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And God really does know what's going on in our heart. God does know the desires of your heart and if your heart's deceiving you or not deceiving you or if it's if it's leading you down a good path or not. The Lord sees that. That's why we should come to him and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But can I say, be open to the leading of the Lord and don't just be stuck in your way. And that doesn't mean this evening that we can't be confident in the Lord's leading or we can't be confident in this is what I believe God wants me to do or the way I'm going. But don't once again get so stuck on, well, this is what I want and this is my desire and this is my, that God can't come along and say, no, it's not. Cause I've been there. Right? And I, oh, I feel like this is God's will. Meanwhile, God has like done six or seven different things to show me it's not His will, but I'm very good at coming up with excuses of, well, then no, that must not be God because this is what I want. If you go to Proverbs chapter 21, Proverbs chapter 21, 
Proverbs chapter 21. And in verse number 2, Proverbs 21 and verse number 2, the Bible says this. It says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Go to Proverbs 16 and verse number 2. Proverbs 16 and verse number 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Once again, it's, it's natural to us. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it was right or what we were supposed to be doing, right? Like it's, it's clean to us. It's good for us. We, we think if I'm doing it, most of the time it's because we think that's what I should be doing. But the Bible says God weighs our hearts and God weighs our spirits and God actually looks at what's going on and is it right or isn't as right. So when he comes along and tries to point out to us and say that's not right or do something different, we should be willing to be open to that. And once again, not that we always have to be like, oh my goodness, is it the will of God? Or oh my goodness, I'm so worried and scared and every little thing, overthinking things, right? But at the same time, if God clearly does do some things in our life, not be so stuck that we just ignore it or push it off the side because we're always right. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to ask God to search your heart and to show you your heart. Go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Psalm 139 and verse number 23. Psalm 139 and verse number 23. The psalmist here speaking says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And sometimes that's a good prayer for you and me to pray. Especially when it comes to these things where we're trying to discern the will of God and figure out what God wants us to do. Whether it's something big, whether it's something small. Just to simply say, God, you know my heart better than I know my heart. And Lord, I'm prone to be deceived. I'm prone to want what I want. I'm prone to get focused on my own way. But God, you see the big picture and you see where my heart's really at. Lord, would you show me my heart? And he will. I think it's many times we're afraid to pray that prayer. Well, I'm afraid to pray that prayer, right? Because I'm afraid, well, if I pray that, then God actually may be like, huh, yeah, you're not. And I'm like, oh, it's easier just to ignore that. And so we ought to be willing this evening, church, to really look at our hearts and really say, God, you know my heart. Please show me what's what's inside my heart and help my heart be at the place where I want what your will is. And I'm willing to follow you more than I'm willing to follow myself. And so getting into these were, these were four things that this pastor gave me about, uh, the counsel of the Lord, right? Because there's many devices. There's many things that vie for our attention and distract us and confuse us all. That. But the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And man, one of the greatest things you'll have in your life and as a Christian of trying to do what's right and live for God and, and, and the decisions you make is the counsel of the Lord is being able to have something that you can stand upon and say, I am doing this or not doing this or whatever it is because God showed me this is what I need to do. Because once again, if we just kind of hang our hat on our feelings or what we think or this situation, things change. Hey, you know what? Since I've moved out here to become the associate pastor of Faith Baptist Church, it hasn't always been easy. There have been times where I've kind of looked and been like, this is a bad decision. Like, man, should I really have done this? Is this... But you know what I can hang my hat on and go back to? The counsel of the Lord. And God showed me some things. And God doesn't change. And so just because things get difficult, just because things get hard, just because things don't turn out the way I think they should, and guess what? Many times things don't always turn out the way you think they will. Well, once again, if you're just banking what you do on your feelings or because you want, 
well, then you're going to doubt things. You're going to be confused. You're going to say, should I have done? But if you can go back and say, well, wait, the counsel of the Lord stands. And regardless of everything else that was going on in my life, God showed me this was what I was supposed to do. What gives you some confidence then moving forward? And in those hard times and difficult times, you can say, well, no, this is what I'm supposed to do because God told me this is what I'm supposed to do. And so it's important to have that counsel of the Lord. It's important to know what God's counsel is and what he wants you to do. And so there are four things I want to give you this this evening about how you can know what the counsel of the Lord is. And I want to say, too, that all four of these should support and balance each other out. And so when I go through these things, these are not singular things where if you just have one of these things, well, that must mean that it's God's will for you to do whatever it is that you're praying about or searching for, whatever it is. You know why? Because our heart's wicked. Because there's many devices. And sometimes the devil or our heart can even take something good, but we can still kind of twist it to make it what we want. But you know what? I don't get it, but there's safety in a multitude of counselors. You get all these things together, and guess what? They balance and work together to say, hey, this is God working these things together to show that this is what he wants. It's not just me. It's not just me thinking this is it, so I want it. But no, actually, God puts these things together to show you what he wants you to do in your life. And so the first thing this evening of how we can know what the counsel of the Lord is and, 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 and discerning the will of the Lord is Scripture. Is Scripture. And Psalm 119, won't turn for sake of time because we know these verses. Psalm 119, 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my, a light unto my path. And so you know what God uses in your life to guide and direct you? His word. The Bible. Uh, we did these verses this morning in Sunday school, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Right? God uses his word to instruct you in the way that you should go and what he wants you to do with your life. And so you know what he's going to do to help guide and direct you uh, in what his will is for your life? Use his word. Use the Bible to guide and direct you. And can I say uh, this evening that the word of God should support your decision. As you're praying for something and what the will of God is your life, the word of God should support the decision that, that you make. Because God will never go against his word. Never. I don't believe you'll ever find a place or a time in your life where God clearly says in his word, don't do this, and he's going to tell you to do it. Or, uh, you know, uh, do this, and God's going to tell you not to do it. You know why? Because I believe he's bound by his word. Because I think he keeps his word. And so God uses his word to guide and direct us. As I was praying about coming here, out here, and, and what the Lord wanted me to do, um, you know, I, I, just kind of some background, too. It was one of those things where it was a good situation. Right, I, I was friends with Pastor Sherry. We work really well together. It was something that I was kind of excited when he came to me and, and talked to me about doing it. In all honesty, it was one of those things where I was kind of like, this is too good to be true. Like, you know, this, this is too perfect. This can't be the will of God because this is something that I want and something that would be good and something that I'd enjoy. So God couldn't be in this. You know, sometimes how we can get as cynical, you know, Baptists. And so just praying about it and searching for it and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm thankful too, and we'll kind of get in this. I wasn't like, in the Bible, like, oh, i got to find a verse. I was actually, uh, a verse had come to mind through, through a certain way, and I was kind of looking down at the passage of the Scripture, and I came down to, to Lamentations 3.25. And the Bible says, The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. And the Lord gets all the glory for this. This is not a boastimony or bragimony or I'm something special. 
But while I have many faults in my life, I will say that the thing I've tried to do the best in my life is be faithful to God and wait on the Lord and please Him. And long story short, the Lord used that verse to to give me peace about coming out here. It was one of the things He did because I believe He told me, He said, hey, I'm blessing you for being faithful to me. I'm blessing you for waiting on me. You tried to seek me. You tried to put me first in your life. And so it's okay that you're going to a good situation. You don't have to feel bad about going to something that you want, uh, that you have a desire for. And so God used his word. But I'd also like to say this evening that you may not always need one specific verse to show you that it's the will of God, but your decision should line up with the Bible, not go against it. And the reason I say that is because sometimes I think in our lives we miss the forest looking for a tree. And yes, now in my situation, God did give me a specific verse, a verse that I could go back to and say, this is what he showed me. But sometimes I feel like we get all consumed on like, man, I have to have this one specific verse, right? I have to have this one specific thing that God says, do this. And that shows me that I need to do it. But the reality is, is I believe we can look at the whole counsel of God and scripture as a whole and say, does this, does, does my decision line up with this? And does the Bible support what I'm doing? Or is there something in the word of God that would show me this, this isn't it? Maybe not specifically saying do this or do that, but in the principles of the Bible, in the verses of the Bible and what the Bible, does it support it or does it go against it? Kind of a, a, a case in point. Um, you know, as an example, maybe looking for a spouse, right? Looking for someone to marry. I don't necessarily think if, if, if you're praying about or trying to decide if you should marry someone, that there has to be a specific verse in the Bible that says, hey, you should marry such and such a name, and that's the verse, right? And that's like, oh, this is God's sign, I need to marry this person. But I think there are some things where you can look in Scripture where God gives some guidelines of what you should look for in a spouse and what you should stay away from, right? If you go to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm just trying to give an example uh, just to kind of show what I'm talking about here this evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and in verse number 14, the Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And so what's the Bible say there very clearly? Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That you know what? If you're saved and you're a Christian, then you really have no business pursuing romantically a relationship with someone that's not unsaved. Because it's being unequally yoked. So you know what that tells me? If you're praying about, is this God's will for my life and should I marry this person? Well, this isn't a verse that specifically says, don't marry so-and-so or marry so-and-so. But if you look at that person and they're not saved or they're not living with for God and they're not right with God... I would say that's a pretty clear direction of God saying, don't pursue something with that person. Why? Because it's being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. When you go to Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about the the, the virtuous woman. And you can go there and find some good characteristics of of a godly lady, of a godly woman that says uh, that uh, Solomon's mother was saying, hey, this is the person that you want to pursue, that you want to type go after. It's a good person. 
If you go to Titus chapter 2, it, it gives some things about how uh, the young men should be and how the young woman should be and some, some ways of how they should act and uphold themselves. And so once again, it's not something that's a specific verse that says marry this person or don't marry this person. But look at that person in their life and say, does their life line up with the Bible? And do they, you know, do they show godly characteristics? Is God pleased with how they live? And you know what? If it, if it, if it lines up and it's a good thing, just my personal opinion is I don't think you have to sit there. And, and once again, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray about it or take it lightly or anything like that. But I don't think you have to sit there and pray and pray and pray and pray and say, God, give me this one specific verse to show me I should do this or not. Why? Because when you look at the whole counsel of God, God supports it. God says it's a good thing. Or if there's things that are red flags that the Bible is against, then you can say, well, the Bible shows that this isn't something I should be worried about or pursuing. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to make that clear this evening that when you're making these descript- these decisions and trying to find the will of God, there's nothing wrong with looking for a verse of scripture saying, God, give me a specific verse. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that or anything like that. But once again, don't miss the forest looking for a tree. Don't miss on the big picture when God is clearly saying things like, this is good and this is fine. This is, and then you're like, but I need this one specific verse. Hey, you get a promotion or, or uh, you're, you're offered a promotion at your job. Well, I don't think you necessarily have to sit there and pray, God, give me a verse and let me know if I should take this promotion. Because the Bible says, hey, it's good for a man to work, right? You should provide for your family. It's a good thing to, to make money and, and be honest and a good worker. And if you can get rewarded for that, great. But you know what? If the promotion comes along with, well, you might have to start missing some church services or you can tell it's going to draw you away from God. Well, then I think you can look at that and say, well, hey, the Bible says I shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves as a manner of some is. And as we talked this morning, that God should be the most important thing to me. So if this comes in between that, well, then that's kind of a clear direction to me, at least, that you ought not to do it. And so just, I, I think sometimes we overcomplicate the will of God. I think sometimes we overcomplicate thinking of all these things because, right, because we're so, well, i got to find this one. And there's nothing wrong with that. But once again, I think God can use his scripture as a whole to guide and direct you. But regardless, you should have the backing of scripture. You should at least be able to take some principles or the whole counsel of God and say, this supports what I'm doing, or at the very least, it's not against what I'm doing. Because there is liberty in Christ. There is freedom in Christ, and praise the Lord for that. And so first off tonight, the, the, the four things involved with the counsel of the Lord is Scripture, and, and I, I don't want to forget to add to that. I just want to say this quick. Don't make Scripture fit your will. Because we can be very good at doing that. Once again, that's why I was very leery when I was praying about coming out here of reading my Bible. You know why? Because I know inside me there's that thing that's like, man, I hope I find this verse that shows me I should do this. Because that's what I want. And that's where all these cult starts and all these false religions. Because you can almost make the Bible support anything you want to do. Because you can find some type of verse that you can twist to, to, to follow your will. That's why, like I said, I'm thankful. I wasn't even trying to look. It was some completely different verse that God brought to my mind. I'm just like, oh, hey, I, I want to see the context of that verse. And God had a verse in there. And it jumped on like, hey, praise the Lord. But be careful of that. Right? And that's why, once again, you should balance this thing with other thing, these other things we're going to talk about. Because sometimes we can have a good heart or a good attitude, but we can just find this first and say, oh, this is God's will because this first, and there's nothing else to really back up, though, in any other situation that this is the will of God. So you take it in balance and you line it up and you compare it with other things and say, does this line up completely with the will of God, what God's given me from his word? And so number one, scripture, but number two, I'd like to say godly counsel. Godly counsel. 
How to discern the will of God in your life. Number two, godly counsel. Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 14. Proverbs 11 and verse number 14. The Bible says this. It says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You want to get yourself into a mess in your life? Don't have any counsel. Don't get any advice from someone godly that cares for you and cares for the Lord. Go to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 and verse number 22. The Bible says this. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Right? These purposes, these decisions that we have in our life of what we want to do or not do or all that kind of stuff. When there's no counsel, guess what? They get disappointed. It means it doesn't turn out that good. But you know what? In a multitude of counselors, it's established. The Lord uses that to establish that person and establish that it's what the Lord wants for our life. Go to Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter 24. And verse number 5. Proverbs 24 and verse number 5, the Bible says... A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Hey, it says a, a wise man is strong, right? Uh, a man of knowledge increases the strength, and it says there that a wise, uh, wise counsel is how you should make your war. War is a big thing, right? If you're going to go to war with someone, that's a pretty major decision, right? This isn't just like a video game or like a board game. This is actually like people are going to die and it's going to affect King. Like, that's a big decision. And what's he say? By wise counsel, make thy war, right? Find some people who know what they're talking about and get their input before you make such a big decision. And can I say, Christian, that your decision of what you believe the will of God is in your life should have the support of godly people. And there should be some people that you go to that not just the average Joe, but someone who loves God, someone who knows the Bible, someone who has some spirituality about them, and say, hey, this is what I feel like maybe the Lord's will is for my life. This is the situation that I'm in. This is maybe what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think of it? And see what they have to say. People like your pastor, people like maybe some other preachers, maybe it's uh, someone in your church who, who's a, a godly saint, whether uh, uh, male or female, whatever, but find somebody that's spiritual. Find somebody that loves the Lord and get some counsel from them because the Lord can use that because they can maybe see some things that you can't because maybe they can give you some advice. You'd be like, man, I didn't really think of that. Or maybe this is a good idea. Maybe they can confirm it. Right? Maybe without you even having to say some things, God can use them to say, hey, this is what you should do. Or, or, or I appreciate godly counsel that doesn't necessarily tell me what God's will for my life is. But at least they're willing to say, well, hey, brother, according to the scriptures, this is the decision I would make. And it's your, but, but this is what I feel like maybe the Lord's leading would be. Or watch out for this. Or this is a good thing. Or whatever it is. Godly counsel is a good idea. And can I say, actually be open to their counsel. If you go to someone for godly counsel, don't just go to them because you want to hear someone tell you what you already think in a, in a different person's voice. Because we'll do that. Right? We really, we, we really don't care to have them tell us what they think. We just want to hear them confirm what we already believe. And that's not really looking for counsel. 
That's just looking for us to have a way to show us to, to get what we want. And so be careful of that. And can I also say along those lines, don't just go to people that you think will give you the answer that you want to hear. Because sometimes we do that as well. You know, as I was praying about moving out here, and there were some other things I won't get into, but it was kind of a difficult decision. And there were some really big things that I'm like, I feel like this is what God wants, but there's this other thing, and what should I do? And so, man, I called probably six, seven, eight pastors and some men of God that I knew and respected, and I knew how to walk with God, and just said, hey, this is my situation. This is what I've... But what do you think of it? But another thing I try to do with that, and actually it's, I mean, praise the Lord, the the, the pastor that gave me these four things, I on purpose called him because I kind of thought if anybody was going to tell me it wasn't the will of God for me to come out here, this guy was going to be it, right? Just because of some of the things I thought, if, if someone's going to give me advice to just stay home and not, this guy's pro- and what was, I was, I was honestly trying to find godly counsel that was from the Lord, not just what I wanted to hear. And you know what that also means, right? I mean, one, that means you're actually willing to, to hear counsel that may not line up with you. Because like I said, sometimes we know who's kind of on our side. We know who kind of thinks the same way we do. And it's easy for us to go to those people and just be like, well, I'm going to talk to them because I know I'm going to get the answer I want to hear. But it really shows where your heart is at if you're like, well, hey, maybe this person isn't going to tell me what I want to hear. But I know they're spiritual. I know they're godly. I know they walk with God. I know what they say. They're going to do their best to have it come from the Lord. And so maybe the Lord could use them to show me this isn't the will of God. But at the same time, you know what? If you go to some of those people and the Lord uses those people to say, no, I, I think this is the will of God for your life. Well, guess what? That encourages you even more. It gives you a little bit more confidence of, man, I think this is the will of God because of, of this person. And, and I don't really expect it, but they're, they're encouraging me in this. And that's what the Lord did with this, right? He gave me some things from this man that I thought maybe he'd tell me not to go, but the Lord used him to, to kind of put the final nail in the coffin of, I, 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 this is what I want you to do. And so there's safety in a multitude of counselors. You know, sometimes we can kind of be to ourselves, and we can kind of just be like, what's well, my decision? And once again, I'm not saying let someone else make the decision for you in your life. But I am saying there's something to godly counsel. There's something to listening to the advice and wisdom of some other godly Christians. But once again, I think you should balance that. Because people are people. People can be fallible. They can have the best intentions. They can love you. They can love the Lord. But sometimes people can give you bad advice. And you know what? If you just hang your hat on, well, this person said I should do it. Well, then when things start to get bad, you know what you're going to go back on. Not that the Lord told me to do this. But this person said I should do it. And then you're going to get bitter and mad at that person because, well, they said that I should do this. And this doesn't turn out the way... But if you balance it with these other things like scripture and you have some scripture and then you have some godly counsel that backs up that scripture and they work together, well, then it's not just a person told me this, but man, it looks like the Lord told me this and it's the counsel of the Lord. And so number one of these things you should have in the counsel of the Lord, you should have scripture. Number two, godly counsel. But thirdly, I'd like to say circumstances and that your circumstances should come together to show that it's the will of God. And here's what I mean to that. Go to Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. And verse number 23. Psalm chapter 37 and verse number 23. The Bible says this. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. You know what that tells me? That tells me if you're doing your best to live for God, 
and to please him and to follow his will, you know what he's going to do? He's going to direct your steps. He's going to open doors for you in your life in the way that he wants you to go because he does care for us. He does want us to do his will. So he's going to make some things happen in our lives to work it out so we can be in his will. It's not going to be difficult. It's not going to be some like thing where we're pushing down a door. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy, but you get what I'm saying. He opens the door and makes it come together to work for you to be able to do it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 8. Paul speaking says this, he says, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. And I mean, Paul was trying to figure out the will of God, right? Because I mean, he's, he's trying to preach to these people and know where God wants them to be and who God wants them to preach to and who God wants them to minister. And what's he say? He say, I'm going to, I'm going to tarry here at Ephesus. I think it's God's will for me to be here at Ephesus until Pentecost. Why? Because a great door is opened unto me. Because God has put some opportunities in my life to be here and to preach. And and so I believe this is where God wants me to be at. And you know what, Christian? The Lord should be the one to make things happen in your life without you manipulating or you forcing things. Because sometimes, once again, that's what we can do. We want something. We have a desire for something. And at least me, in, in all honesty, one of my faults is I can sometimes be manipulating in situations. I can get my mind so set on something. I can want something so much that I just, I know how to kind of work it and kind of say things or do things or put things out there to make the situation kind of turn out in my favor. And we've got to be careful of that. Right? And, and not too, there, there, there is the aspect where, where I didn't say without you doing anything. Right? Once again, going back to, you know, the, the example of finding a spouse, right? The Bible says a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. So I don't believe that means, you know, I should just sit at home and just be like, hey, Lord, I'm going to sit here until a girl knocks on my door and says, hey, I'm here to marry you. And that's going to be God's sign that I need to met. Right. I need to have some part of my own to make it. But at the same time, if God's put up some doors or there's someone that he said no or may, I shouldn't just knock down the door. I shouldn't keep manipulating or trying to get what I want. I need to be sensitive to the Lord's leading. And let him put things together. When I was, well, you know, when I was praying about moving out here, and even before the situation arose with, with Faith Baptist Church and the opportunity to come, uh, the Lord had done some things in my life just to kind of show me that, that Old Bethel Church, my dad's church, was not where I was going to spend the rest of my life at. He had just done some very clear things to where, like, I, I don't believe this is where God's going to have me long term. And so I tried to serve my best and I tried to do my best, but I had that inside me of, like, I feel like God's going to take me somewhere else. But you know what I did? Once again, because I know my personality, I know how I can be, I I made a commitment to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not going to put applications out to people. I'm not going to try to spread the word around that I'm looking to go somewhere else. I'm not going to ask anybody if they're looking for an associate pastor. I said, God, I want you to open the door because I want to know that you did it without me putting my hands all over it and making it happen. And the Lord did that. And in fact, it was kind of amazing because, you know, the, when all that had happened, the one night I was, uh, I was just kind of thinking about things and I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, I feel like God's going to move me somewhere else, but this is where I'm at right now. And I had known Pastor Sherry from just some camps and, and he was a associate pastor out in New York when I was in Pennsylvania. And I was just kind of thinking, I was like, you know, if I could, if I could go work with someone, who would I want to go work with? Like if I just, whatever, if I could have my choice of someone. And there was a pastor up in Michigan that I thought I could work well with. Another one was Pastor Sherry. And that was before he came out here to be a pastor or whatever, but just we were friends. We knew each other. We served. 
And it was like, whenever the Lord, you know, we were talking about stuff and all of a sudden Pastor Sherry is like, hey, I'm going out here to take this church. Would you want to be my associate pastor? Would you pray about it? I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> you know. But I didn't, I didn't ask him to do it. I'd say, oh, hey, Pastor Sherry, you're going out, you know, you need associate pastor. Hey, I, I want to go somewhere. I'll do it. I let the Lord take care of it. And you know what it did? It built confidence in me that it wasn't me that put it together. It wasn't me that was making it happen. And so we have to be careful, though. We have to make sure that the Lord directs our steps, right? That the Lord opens those doors and those opportunities. And once again, not that it's, it's always just, you know, complete uh, walk in the park or a cake walk and there's nothing that, you know, like I said, we just sit on our hands and God just does everything. But I think we all know the difference between us forcing something to happen or making something happen or manipulating something to happen and the Lord clearly opening the door and, and, and working things together for it to happen. And so once again, though, you have to balance this with the other things because circumstances can change. Sometimes circumstances can seem like this is a good thing and maybe it's not the Lord's will. So you know what you do? Okay, God opened this door for me in my life and it looks like this is something that could be uh, possibly the Lord's will because he may be putting some things together. Hey, what kind of counsel have I gotten? Right? What do some other godly men or godly women think of this decision I'm going to make in my life? Should I do it? And then, hey, what does the Bible have to say about this? Does this line up with Scripture? Does this line up with what the Bible says where this would be a good thing and not against the Word of God? And so you put them together. You 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 say, okay, you look at the big picture with these things, and they should work together to show you what the will of the Lord is. And so four things that support and balance each other out. Number one, Scripture. Number two, godly counsel. Number three, circumstances. But then lastly tonight, I believe the, the final part of the counsel of the Lord and discerning the will of the Lord is the peace of God, is the peace of God. That you should have the peace of the Lord in the decisions that you make for him. If you go to Colossians chapter 3, <coughs> Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and verse number 15, Colossians 3 and verse number 15, the Bible says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You know what God wants us to have in our hearts? Peace. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. And so you know what that means? That, you know, it sometimes takes faith to follow the Lord, and it's not always easy, but you should have a peace about it. You should be able to lay your head on your pillow at night with a confidence and a trust that, man, God is doing this in my life and I can I can rest in the Lord. Right? If it's really from God, if it's really something the Lord wants you to do, he's not going to send his Holy Spirit to keep bugging you about it that you're doing the wrong thing. He's not going to keep being like, well, maybe this is not. And like I said, there's the human aspect of it where we can overthink things, right? And even at times, hey, once again, there was a million different things that I had to consider in moving out here. Right, I'm moving away from my family. I don't know anybody. You know, I don't really know the church that well. What if I go out and the church doesn't like me? What if I go out and I can't handle all the responsibilities? What if I, all that kind of stuff? And there was some pushback. There were some things that I had to, uh, you know, push through. But God gave me a piece about it, and I could rest in the fact that you know what, I, I, I believe this is what God wants, and that's that's kind of a hard thing to stand up in a pulpit and kind of explain. The peace of God is really something that you have to kind of experience for yourself. But once again, you know the difference of when God has given you peace about something 
and when God hasn't. Because there's been situations in my life where maybe I've pursued something or gone after something and it hasn't been God's will and God lets me know it's not His will. And God comes along, like I said, and doesn't give me peace about it. But hey, and that's it. He did. You know, if you go to Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, the Bible says this. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace, excuse me, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Once again, that there is a peace that God gives and it passes under all understanding. Right? I'm thinking of a couple right now that's missionaries over to Zambia, Africa. And they are, I think, were in their 40s or 50s when they went over there to be missionaries. And they didn't go through deputation. They didn't go out and raise a bunch of support. In fact, they even went to a missions board and the missions board was like, well, we really don't need a missionary there, so we need to send you somewhere else. And they were like, no, God's called us to Zambia. And I mean, from the tip, like, it was kind of difficult. It was kind of like, what are we doing? We're like, you know, we're not spring chickens anymore and we're just kind of packing up and moving to Zambia and all those types of things. And the world would look at that and say, like, you're crazy. Why would you go to a third world country and leave what you have here as a pastor at a fan? Why would you leave all that at property, like, and go do that? But you know what? They had a piece about it. And they knew it was what God wanted them to do. And it passed all understanding when people would look at it and say, this makes no sense. You should be going crazy. No, this is what God wants us to do. And that's what God will give you if it's your, if it's his will. And I, I mentioned this before, but the final thing I'd like to say about this is you should be able to rest in the Lord about it. Rest. Resting isn't being all agitated. Resting isn't all being concerned and all worried and all. Resting is being at peace. Hey, when this afternoon I was passed out on the, you know, the pew over there taking and I was at rest. And I was knocked out and I wasn't worried about tonight. I was, I was, I was resting. And we should be able to do that in the Lord. Go to Psalm chapter 37 and we'll be done. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. And verse number three. Psalm 37 verse number three. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. You know what? God is in control of things, and God knows what he's doing. And you know what that means? That means we can rest in it. That means as we're trying to figure out this thing of the will of God and what he wants us to do, yes, there should be times where he has clearly shown us that we should act. And we. But you know, in coming out here and praying about, man, how's it going to work with me, moving out there and the timing, and you know what? I, I could rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That he's going to put things together, that he's going to take care of me, that everything's going to work out. And so I can depend on him, not just, well, this is what I feel like I should do. 
And God will give you that. If it's really his will, you'll be able to rest in it. And I think that's part of, of, of his will as well, is us having the confidence in him, not ourself. That confidence, okay, if this is really what God wants, he's going to make it happen. He's going to let it work. He's going to, he, all things work together for good to them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. And we should be able to rest in that. But once again, you work this together with all these things. And that's why I like that it's not just a single thing. Because once again, we can kind of manipulate stuff or make things happen in the way you're like, oh, this could be when. But I'll tell you what. Whenever you can go through a couple things and say, hey, hey, when I was, hey, God gave me some scripture. Limitations 325. And hey, looking at the scripture, I don't see anything that is against me going out here. And hey, I look at godly counsel. And hey, I have some men of God that I respect and love, and I know love the Lord and love me, and they've given me counsel. I said, hey, brother, I think this could be God's will. I think this could be a good thing for you in your life. And then I have some circumstances where I can look at it and say, man, God put this together, not me. I, I can honestly, my hands were off of this. And then I look at it and say, well, you know what? God's given me a piece about it. Well, you know what I see? I see the counsel of the Lord. And hey, I've been able to go back to that time and time and time again. And say, hey, God did this. And so I can move forward and I can make this decision because I believe this is the will of God. And have confidence that I have some things to back it up, that it is the will of God, not just myself. And it's not just with a big decision like that. There have been other things in my life, especially since I moved out of here. Where once again, I overthink things. And I'm like, what about this and what about that? And I have all these devices. But you know what has really helped me a lot in my life? Proverbs 19.21. That there's many devices in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord that shall stand, and I can trust in God and his leading and what he shows me. And so I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life this evening. Maybe there is some big decision that you have to make that you're praying about. Is this the will of God? Maybe there's just some smaller things, or, or you know, in people's mind, a smaller thing, it's not as big of a deal. Maybe right now you're not going through anything and you're just like, oh, this is some good information. I don't know. But this is something that has really helped me in my life and really been a blessing to me in my life. And I think, you know, I encourage you to write it down, put it in a place so you don't forget it. Not because I'm like some amazing preacher that gave it, but because it helps. Because it's something, like I said, you can hang your hat on and look back on and say, okay, has God done this? Has God done this? Has God done that? Do these things line up and work together to show me what it is? Or, you know what? Maybe I thought this is the word, this is God's word for my life, but, you know, maybe the Bible is kind of against it. There's some principles saying I shouldn't do this, you know. Uh, man, I've talked to some people, some godly counsel, and they're telling me it's a bad idea. And, you know, really, I feel like I'm forcing this to happen and I'm manipulating some things for it to happen. And God really, and you can be like, well, you know what? Then maybe this isn't the will of God. But it can be a help to you in your life. And so four things about the counsel of the Lord as a piano player can come and start maybe playing something. Scripture, godly counsel, circumstances, and the peace of God. Once again, the will of God is very important. And it should be very important to us to follow the will of God and do the will of God. But I don't think God makes it hard for us to know his will. Once again, like... God wants you to please him. God wants you to live for him. So don't think God's going to be up in heaven and be like, huh, I'm going to, you know, make it a scavenger hunt and try to make it really difficult for you to really know what I want. What kind of God would that be? That's good. Now, once again, he doesn't always show us the big picture. 
He doesn't always be like, hey, this is everything, and I wish he did that. I mean, right now in my life and some things, I really wish God would just be like, hey, this is what's going to happen. But sometimes he does some things for us to trust and us to draw nigh to him. And hey, when you go through something and you see God do some of these things, hey, you know what really helped me in my spiritual walk and my relationship with Christ was was this, was moving out here. Because I started to see that, I mean, God isn't just my dad's God and God isn't just the preacher's God that said God did this for him. And But God did some things in my life to show me what he wanted for me. And it makes it real to me. And so sometimes it is little by little because God's trying to grow you. God knows if he just threw everything at you one one second, you couldn't handle it. So maybe by little by little, and he gives you some scripture and little by little, he gives you some counsel and little by little, he gives you some uh, circumstances to work on. Little by little, he gives you... And then you start to see like, man, God's way is perfect. Man, God does make my way perfect. God's word is a lamp to my feet. Man, I, I can rest all those types of things. It's for our good. And so once again, I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the situations you're facing. But this has been a big help to me, and, and I trust if you'll let it, it could be a big help to you. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Once again, the altar's open if you need to use it, or you can do business with the Lord at your seat. Maybe there's something in your life where you're trying to figure out the will of God. Maybe you'd like to come down to an altar and just say, God, I, I, I want to know your will. Maybe you want to talk to him and say, you know, God, uh, maybe I, I haven't been following your will. Maybe there's something in my life that's been my will, and it really hasn't been yours. Maybe you show me tonight that I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe you get that right with them. Maybe the Lord's shown you some things, some messages tonight, that it is God's will of what you've been praying about and what you should do. Maybe you need to make that commitment. Maybe you're still a little worried, or but... Okay, God, I, I look at these four things and I believe you've lined up these four things in my life. And so, Lord, I want to make a commitment to do this because I believe it's your will. I don't know, but I don't have to because the Lord knows and you know. So as the piano plays, you do business with the Lord as he speaks to your heart as you see fit.
Dear Father, Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, uh, that as I said, you're not the author of confusion. And God, I don't believe for a second that you sit up in heaven and try to make us confused or try to get us, uh, Lord, overwhelmed with what your will would be. And, and yes, Lord, you don't always show us your whole will at one time. And sometimes you just lead us step by step. But Lord, I do believe you do guide and direct us. And I do believe you're faithful to show us your will. And so, God, I pray this was a blessing to this church tonight. And, and Father, I hope I did it justice. But Lord, once again, not that I have anything special or not that this is some great revelation from me or anything. Lord, as I said, it's not even original with me. But God, it, it has helped me. It's really been a blessing to me in my life. And so, Lord, I pray that it be a blessing to these people here, whether it's something going on in their life right now, but they're trying to figure out the will of the Lord. Or maybe it's something down the road, God. Maybe it's something they're not even facing right now. But as I said, maybe they could just kind of uh, tuck it aside and, and Lord, you, you put it in their heart. And so when they come to that thing where they have to decide what your will is, they could remember this. And not remember me or the pre, but, but Lord, they'd remember what you showed them and what you spoke to them about. And that Lord had helped them. And Lord, as we have so many devices in our hearts and so many things that uh, try to, to get us to make decisions one way or the other, Help us to rely on your counsel, Lord, and help us to always remember that your counsel stands and that above all else, God, we can trust in you and what you show us. So thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for these folks that have been here and, uh, Lord, support this church that are willing to come out and listen to me, God. And, and Lord, I know they're not here for me. They're here for you. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray you'd bless this church, help them to keep stay faithful. Pray you continue to provide for their needs financially and spiritually and physically, God. And Lord, continue to bless them and, and use them and give them wisdom and direction moving forward. Be with their pastor, Father. Pray you just touch Brother Stewart's body and heal him up and help him, God, to get back to good health so he could be back ministering and give him the wisdom and direction he needs, God. And Lord, just please bless this church. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for a church that has church still on a Sunday night, God. It's a blessing. As so many are closing their doors and, and we're not putting a focus on it. Thank you, Lord, that they still do this. And so, Father, we love you. Thank you for being good to us. Please dismiss us with your blessing tonight, Father. And God, we'll be sure to give you the praise and glory and honor because you're the one that deserves it. And Lord, I pray all these things in the name that's above all names, the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.